Coming up next, focus on medical education, part of this month's featured series on ReachMD XM157. Most healthcare economists are predicting a great shortfall in the number of healthcare workers in the next decade, especially in the areas of primary care physicians and nursing. What, if any, role can mentoring play in encouraging and guiding students towards a career in healthcare? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment on medical education. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Ronald J. Fowle, professor emeritus in the Department of Zoology at Miami University of Ohio. Dr. Fowle has mentored many students in his role as faculty advisor of Miami Med, the pre-med honor society at Miami University. Welcome, Dr. Fowle. Thank you for inviting me. Today we are discussing the opportunities and challenges in the mentoring of pre-medical students. Dr. Fall, as we clearly enter an economic physician shortage, especially in the area of primary care physicians, can mentoring, like you have done, become a part of the solution to help teach and encourage more undergraduate students about entering the science and healthcare professions? One can talk to the students about the needs that the medical profession has and perhaps encourage them to seek preceptorships with physicians in general practice or in the nursing profession. Do you think that the role of a mentor in pre-medical education should involve these type of issues, the economic issues, the differences in who's going into primary care, who's not? I'm not sure what role a mentor can necessarily play in that. The problems exist at a national level in terms of the money that, for example, Medicare and so forth provides physicians that service such patients. We obviously need some kind of a revolution in the healthcare business in terms of the monetary rewards that physicians receive. Because the federal government, I think, is not adequately supplied with the knowledge that they need to deal with this situation in terms of remuneration for hospitals, for example. The money that they are provided by the federal government in terms of procedures that are performed in the hospital. I'm not sure that mentoring necessarily can have a large input in that in terms of solving any problems as far as physicians in primary care. Now, on the other hand, as the situation developed between yourself and myself when you were in school, apparently I had some influence in terms of you going into the medical profession. Oh, yes. Now, if mentoring can be helpful in that regard, then certainly it can play an important role in terms of guiding students into areas that the mentor thinks the student may be capable of excelling in. But in terms of the general problems, of there being a shortage otherwise. The shortages are due to a variety of problems. It's a complex issue. Any way that a mentor can encourage students to pursue that profession, then sure, they can play a role. Are more or less students going into pre-med and want to go to medical school now as compared to years ago? Well, certainly at Miami, the number has increased. Why do you think that is? Partly because I think we've had good success in placing students in medical school, and students come here with that knowledge. They've heard that our success is good and that we have a good institution. Do you think that the students nowadays are aware of all the 
problem, so to speak, of medicine, as you alluded to before? Well, I think that the programs that they have here now are making that information more and more available to the students. Because they have a class here, for example, that this Mallory Wilson Center sponsors that exposes the students to various aspects of the practice. And I think uh, part of that is the financial and insurance and so forth aspects of it. They're being made aware of it and apparently are still choosing to pursue it. You don't think it discourages them at all? Some it certainly probably does, but I think by and large it doesn't seem to be, no. At least not in our experience here. Do you think that by the students being more aware of what is going on and the business aspects and the political aspects of medicine, would you, as a mentor, want them to be aware of these type of issues? I certainly would want students that are interested in going into medicine to be aware of all the problems and benefits of entering the profession. If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Ronald Fole, professor emeritus in the Department of Zoology at Miami University of Ohio and faculty advisor to Miami Med, the pre-med honor society at the university. We are discussing opportunities and challenges in the mentoring of pre-medical students. Dr. Fole, are the logistics for the mentoring process more difficult today than they were in the past? Just speaking from my knowledge of uh, the institution that I was in, I think it yes. How so? Because the demands on the professor are greater in terms of production of research, published papers, and so forth. The demands on their time are such that they are reluctant to spend much time, I think, on a personal level with the students. Not that they wouldn't like to, but I, I just think the pressures in terms of research and so forth are greater than they were in previous years. Why do you think that's the case? Well, institutions like to have their reputation of their institution elevated, and that usually comes through publications in scientific journals, work of the professors becoming known on a national level in their particular fields. And to achieve those levels, you have to perform a lot of research, and that requires a lot of grant writing, and that's a very time-consuming process. That doesn't leave as much time to have your door open to students coming in as it had in previous years. Do you think that the mentoring in of itself has become less accessible to students who attend online courses and have busier schedules just like the professors? I think so. I think that's true. Well, then are we going to be going further away from this personal one-on-one -on -one relationship? With the exception of the few students that are involved in lab or field work, I think for the average student, the level of mentoring is probably diminishing, yes. Looking back on all the many students that you have mentored, Dr. Fall, what have you learned? I think I've learned that the mentoring has been a valuable experience for the students, as well as for myself. I've developed relationships with students that uh, take great pride in their success and uh, have a feeling of satisfaction that I've had a hand in something worthwhile. I feel like I've had a small part in helping them to achieve their success, and I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. And uh, we've had a lot of good students come through, and they've done 
remarkable things in the medical profession, students that I've mentored, and that's very rewarding. Now, do you think that you have patterned your style, your personal style of mentoring, over the way you were mentored when you were in school and graduate school? Perhaps to some extent I have, because I went to a smaller school where the opportunities for interaction were greater. But I don't know that I patterned myself after anyone in particular. With the probably three professors that I would look on as having had close contacts with, they all contributed in some way, I think, to my style, to my love of mentoring students. Did you keep in contact with them after you went into your profession? To some extent, with all of them, yes. And if you would be giving advice to a young professor who would ask you, Dr. Fall, what would be the most important things that I can do to be effective as a mentor, to really make an influence on a young person? What would you say? What would be some of the things that you think are important? I'd say to have your door open as often as practical and possible and encourage the students to come in and, and talk to you about anything, if they have problems academically or personally. If they have questions that you can't answer at the time, tell them to come back and you'll try to find the answer. If they are discouraged, you know, try to lighten them up a bit and encourage them. I think an open-door policy as much as possible is an important thing. I think it's discouraging if a student wants to see a prof and they always find their door closed. Finally, what do you say to the physicians who tell their children one way or the other, if I were you, I wouldn't go into medicine because of all the problems? What would you say to them? Well, I think the student that has a parent as a physician probably can make that decision for themselves. They've lived with their parent and have seen what problems they may or may not have encountered. They may have seen the satisfaction that the parent gets from it and the dissatisfaction perhaps, but if they still want to pursue that profession, I don't think they should be discouraged. I want to thank Dr. Ronald Fole, who has been our guest. We have been discussing opportunities and challenges in the mentoring of pre-medical students. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to check out our website at www.reachmd.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening. Tune in each hour for the ReachMD feature series, Focus on Medical Education. We thank you for listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. A few years ago, I was thinking about how convenient it would be if physicians had their very own radio channel, where they could hear the latest medical news, get information, and get free CME. I'm Dr. David Preskill, founder of ReachMD and a practicing ob myself. This month, I am happy to say that ReachMD Channel 157 on XM Satellite Radio is celebrating its very first anniversary. Over the past year, we have heard from thousands of physicians all over the country. These physicians have shared great ideas and the names of medical thought leaders which have become shows featured on ReachMD XM 157. I appreciate your input and your support. By listening to ReachMD and inviting your colleagues to listen, we can ensure medical professionals throughout the country have a channel to deliver the latest medical news, information, and free accreditation. 
For the last year, we've been broadcasting over XM Satellite Radio on Channel 157. We've recently launched our new website at ReachMD.com. You can now listen to a live stream of our channel or use our on-demand feature to select from our library of nearly 3,000 shows. I'm also very excited to tell you that we have just added accredited free CME weekend programs through both ReachMD XM 157 and www.reachmd.com will also be able to provide you a convenient method to earn, track, and retrieve your free accredited CME hours. As we enter our second year, ReachMD continues its commitment to medical professionals nationwide to provide the latest medical news, information, and education. I thank you for listening to ReachMD XM 157 and invite you to visit us at ReachMD.com. While you are visiting our new website, we welcome your thoughts and your comments. ReachMD is the channel for medical professionals, online, on demand, and on XM.